Open Books with Claire is a proud member of the Create Vine and is produced by Mecca Radio. Welcome back to Open Books with Claire. On Open Books with Claire, we explore characters and how they drive the stories we love. I'm your host, Claire. So today I'm going to give a short, spoiler-free look at Never Fade. Uh, but don't worry, I will also l- look at a spoiler and more in-depth look at Never Fade as well. Uh, so Never Fade was written by Alexandria Bracken. Uh, so Alexandria Bracken is a New York Times best-selling author. Uh, so the point of view is first person. This is the second book of the series. Uh, and so we continue to follow Ruby, who is our main character and only narrator. Um, as she continues to learn about how to control her abilities and how to, um, kind of find her way in this new, uh, life that she's been kind of thrust into. Um, so that was the spoiler-free section. On to the spoilers. To join me in that conversation is my sister, Alandra. Hi, I'm Alandra. Um, I... I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, first time guest on here, um, longtime reader. Um, I host my own podcast called Lando and Lexi. If you guys want to go check it out, it's also done by the same Mecco group. Let's not focus on me, let's focus on the book because that's what we're here for. Awesome. Uh, so, would you like to tell us a little bit about what happens in this book? Yeah, so I read the first book to this series last summer, and I actually just started reading the second one like three days ago, so I'm not quite finished. I will put that out there. Um, I still have about 70-ish pages left to read, which considering I started it three days ago and it's 507 pages, is pretty good because not everybody can sit for very long reading a book. So this book honestly has thrown me through a whirlwind. Um, We start off with uh, Ruby kind of on an op finding her way with the Children's League. And then she gallivants around. One of them, one of the blues died in the League and they figured out that Rob, gosh, I hate Rob, <laughs> um, that he was, he's kind of like um, building support to kill all the kids with the powers. So she then goes off, she finds Chubbs, which, okay, I'm so happy because at the end of the first book, we think that Chubbs is dead, but he is not. He is very much so alive and it just makes me really happy because I love him. So Ruby and Jude um, leave the Children's League. They they just kind of sneak away from an op and they're like, okay, bye, we're leaving. And so Vidya finds them and they all go and they find Chups, who then they also find some people, Olivia, from when they were at their time at East River um, at the camp that Clancy made, which... Gosh, I hate Clancy too, this kid. Um, and then they find Liam there as well, and he's super, super sick. And oh, I love Liam. A special place in my heart. It killed me when she like wiped away his memories in the last book of her. But we find out that as he gets better, that 
he does still remember her and he like even though he doesn't have any memories with her his heart like he still has those feelings where he's like oh my gosh I love you but he's like super confused because he's like I don't even know who you are but like I love you and I have these strong feelings towards you anyways so besides the point he gets his memories back and then they go gallivanting around they free these kids from this evil dude who calls himself Knox who I don't know I don't know if I hate him more than Clancy no that's a lie I still hate Clancy like (laughs) I hate Clancy where they find Liam is Liam is in this group uh with Knox as the leader and then they like I don't know, kind of take over the group because they kick Knox out or something. There's a huge fight. And so they kick Knox out. They save everybody. They get everybody healthy. And then so then it's the five of them gallivanting around. And then we have it where Liam has a nice long talk with Ruby and gets his memories back in a way uh, she gives them back to him and stuff. Anyways, and then we run into Clancy freaking Clancy that is like where I'm at right now and gosh can't even I'm so excited to find out what happens at the end of the book but at least if any of you guys are listening to the rest of this podcast for spoilers the end won't be spoiled because we will not be talking about it because I have not read it yet Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So if you want to hear what happens in the end, you got to go read the book, which I mean, I'd go read the book anyways, because there are so many good parts that happen in this book, like so much back and forth. It's awesome. It's amazing. It really like you really get a lot of answers um, because the first book left on such a cliffhanger, like you have Ruby and Liam and they get taken by the league and then they think Chubbs is dead and... And Ruby, like, wipes Liam's memories of her, hoping that it would, like, free him so he can continue doing whatever he wants to do. And she joined the League to protect him. So, like, the end of the end of the first book kind of left you on a really big cliffhanger, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I had to go straight into reading the next book. Like, I, I couldn't wait. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I waited so long. Like, psh, me. <laughs> Uh, So let's talk about some of the characters. Uh, So because Ruby is our main character, we'll talk about her first um, because she's the one that we're inside her head. So everybody's actions happen uh, through kind of like we hear it through her brain. I think that we get to see a lot of confidence development in Ruby in this book. Like she's becoming more comfortable with her abilities And also becoming a little more comfortable with her place in life, I think. In the first book, when she met Clancy, Clancy was, like, trying to teach her how to reach out to people's minds without having to touch them. And she really was very skittish and was kind of, like, uncomfortable with her ability. And she was like, I, she, she didn't want to do that. She felt very uncomfortable getting inside people's minds and she felt like she was invading and it really killed her to wipe herself from Liam's mind. And so in in Never Fade, now she's in the league and that's all they're they're training her to do those things. They're training her to get into people's minds, to get information, to be like a master interrogator. And so she really like she really gets more comfortable with her power in the second book and you really see it um my favorite part was when she 
when Knox made her and Vidya fight um, the Red, where they where they realized that what was it called Operation Jamboree or something? Yes, yeah, yeah. That it was actually like a thing, and that they were fighting a Red whose whose mind was completely destroyed. I honestly, oh, I felt so bad because she like. She was able to push herself to get into this Red's mind to, and she tried to help him. And so, like, I kind of, like, I, like, felt so happy that she, like, finally was able to push her abilities to the point where she, um, where she kind of had rivaled Clancy's ability, right? Um, and so it really, like, it really made me happy that she, like, was able to push herself and was able to go out of her comfort zone and do this. And she, I think it kind of really broke her too, to be inside, um, the Red's name is Mason, to be inside his mind because he was broken, right? He, like, every part of who he was was stripped away. And she was trying to, she was trying to help him, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, that is actually a really good part because you definitely see the scope of her power. You know, she she gets into Mason's mind, which is an incredibly hard thing to do. Um, and then she actually gets into Nock's mind without touching him um, and kind of messes with that. One of my favorite parts, because honestly, like, Rob had it coming. After that whole fiasco... And they go, and they get supplies, and then she gets captured um, by some, I don't, I don't know, what would you call them, like, homeless? I don't think they were homeless, because they were living, they were, like, living in a camp of tents. Yeah, yeah. Displaced people, we'll call them displaced people. She gets captured by one of those guys who makes a deal with Rob and hands her over to Rob. And now we don't like Rob. Rob is the one who's trying to kill all of them. And she witnessed, in the first book, she witnessed him killing two kids that he broke out. Well, she didn't witness it, more of so she, like, went into his mind and saw it. So, and sorry, we got to back up here for a second. Um, Rob is part of the Children's League. Uh, but when Jude and Ruby left the op... Ruby went and told everybody at the Children's League what Rob had done. So now now he's kind of like a solo. So that's that's why he's um, trying to catch her, I guess. So he makes a deal with these displaced people, and he takes Ruby, and he has her in his Jeep. And this is probably one of my favorite parts, because you don't ever... Like, you... In the first book, you have Clancy doing this to her, I believe. Um, but, like, this is honestly the farthest she's ever pushed herself because because she was so scared of her powers and she wanted to stay hidden and everything and then, like, everything with Nox and the Red, like, really made her push to be able to control people or get into people's heads without touching them. So she's sitting in the Jeep with Rob and she actually uses the two kids that she saw him kill in his memories, she uses them to torture him, essentially. She makes him believe that he's seeing them come after him, 
which and I really I really feel like that was such like a push for her because she never really allowed herself before she was up against like Knox and the Red Mason she never really allowed herself to kind of go all in right yeah she always held herself on a really tight leash yeah and she like and after after she made Rob see these visions of these kids he I mean he crashed the jeep right so she was so scared when her friends came for her she's like no like get away from me like don't take me like leave me here like she wanted she honestly thought that she was a monster and that she deserved to die because she was she had pushed so hard and she kind of hit the breaking point when they crashed that she was like oh my gosh like i've turned into clancy i've turned into martin yeah like she really she became scared of herself again yeah it takes her a bit to uh to get like to work through that um and i don't know if she ever really fully works through it um like she's always gonna have she always has that fear uh, behind it, which that fear kind of um, makes it so then she doesn't go that far ever again, really. Yeah, and that's what that's what uh, Vidya told her as well in that one chapter where they're in the camp, uh, where they're camping. Vidya is on her watch, and Ruby comes to talk to her. She tells her that she's different from those guys because she because she knows what's too far and she knows like right from wrong and stuff she's not it's not like she's doing this to everybody she's not doing what Clancy did and controlling people she she controls it really and only uses the full force of her power when absolutely necessary yeah and that would that's what makes her such a great character right like she's she's got um all of this back and forth you know like the scales kind of you know she's trying to balance them um and she's she's still trying to figure it out so yeah uh another character that i think uh we should talk about is liam because you know at the end of the first book uh after she takes herself out of his memories he kind of he runs off right like he he doesn't like the children's league he doesn't like what they stand for and what they're doing and so he just leaves um and then, you know, it's partway through this second book that we, we see him again, but he's, he's in a different state, uh, right? Like, he's, he's really sick because he, he's with Knox, but uh, Knox was not a good leader. Um, he just kind of took everything for himself. Um, but with the help of Ruby, uh, he's able to heal and kind of get back to a healthier state. Um, and this is kind of when, like, the group is kind of brought back together kind of so yeah no it made me so happy I was like oh my gosh now we just need our one little girl left like I was like so happy I was like we got Chubbs we got Liam we got Ruby we got a few extras honestly I love Jude but we'll talk about him later (laughs) yeah uh yeah and then um But then he experiences a lot of confusion, right? Because he doesn't have memories of Ruby, but he still has those feelings. Because Ruby can't take those away. Yeah, and I really, I really like um, how she used 
words to like describe how he felt because he he said he's like it it feels like your face has been carved into my heart and he's like I can't forget you like I have all of these strong feelings and he like tells her he's like I love you like like but like I don't know he's like I don't have any memories of you he can't place her because she took away his memories of her but he knows like so deep down inside that he loves her and she like means so much to him yeah and then he receives his memories back and i mean that was such a cute scene you know like you know they're together but then it gets super awkward once he has his memories back because then all the hurt you know like he he feels hurt and probably a little scared um because of what she did but she just did what she felt she had to to keep him safe you know yeah, and she's uh she was trying to protect him, right? Like she she made the deal with the Children's League to go with them and to keep Liam out of it. And she she thought what she was doing was right. She thought that if he didn't know her, that he wouldn't come looking for her and that he would be safer away from her, right? Yeah, and so yeah, he uh, she definitely feels a lot of emotions because like, I mean obviously he still loves her but he doesn't know you know exactly what to make of what she did yeah he's just another confused soul trying to figure stuff out in this messed up world right yeah uh, you said uh you wanted to talk about Jude so let's uh, talk about Jude so we don't meet Jude until this book so like this is the first time that we're meeting Jude um and he's he's such a sweet guy Okay, I love him. <laughs> Honest. Okay, so, Jude, I'll give you the quick rundown, if that's okay with you. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Jude, when we meet him, he's 14 years old, and we, we find that out because they're constantly saying, well, you're not 15 yet. And then at one point in the book, Ruby's like, oh, from my calculations, like, we missed your birthday. You turned 15 last week. So it's really cute because he's, he's like the baby of the group right? Because we have Chubbs, who's a little bit older. How old is he exactly? He's what, like 18? I think so. And then Liam is around the same age, and Ruby's like, what, 16, 17 as well? I think she's 17, yeah. Um, Okay, yeah, so Jude's really like the baby of the group now. And so he's honestly, he's so sweet. He, he doesn't hide his emotions and so when he saw Rob talking about how they're going to kill all of the kids and kind of get rid of this um part of the world I guess forever um it really scared Jude and he like he was very broken up with his friend's death and even like during during their um during their adventure all around, like, he's very, um, he's very sweet and he's very innocent, right? Like, he's never been on the run. He's, he doesn't know that life. So, he's, he's questioning everything and I love all the time, um, when Ruby's just like, Jude, you need to shut up. Like, because he, he talks a lot, right? And so, he's, He's kind of like the reason why they would get caught because he doesn't he doesn't know any better, right? He's never really left um the Children's League headquarters. 
So he's very new to, like, this whole outside world thing. So, and I love it when one of my favorite parts was when just after they ran away from Rob and the rest of the team on the op that they were on, they ran into the bus driver at the station. So, and I really love that scene because um, it kind of, it kind of broke Ruby a little bit, honestly. So, she, she was going to get into, inside the bus driver's mind to control him, to make him, um, like, not tell people that they were there and to, like, help them, right? But Jude had stopped her. And he stopped her and he asked the guy, will you help us? And so, he's very innocent. He doesn't, like, Ruby's seen the bad in the world where you can't trust anybody. Everybody's, anybody and everybody's gonna turn you in for whatever money that they can get from you. And, but here Jude is and he, like, he really felt like this guy was a good guy. And it really, like, it really killed me when we, like, when we heard the guy's story. Because I think it reminded Ruby a little bit of her grandmother, really, because all he wanted was to see his grandson again. And Ruby, like, in the first book, we we know that Ruby, all Ruby wants to do is try and get to her grandmother, because her grandmother still remembers who she is. Right? So, I, and also, um, before they got to the to this station ruby had had a they had a lady take them there and buy them tickets and stuff and ruby kind of had control of her mind and jude was like well why don't we just ask her like he was he was very innocent like wondering why they couldn't just ask for people to help them like why why ruby felt like she had to take control of their minds and stuff right So, I think Ruby really, like, really, it kind of really opened her eyes that there are still good people out there who are willing to help them, right? Um, and Jude on, oh my gosh, Jude is so cute. He, um, so the part of the book where I'm at now, they have arrived at a Dairy Queen and Jude's like, oh, well, I want to come in because I want to see Kate, and, but Vidya and Ruby know that it's, like, a trap. And so, they're like, no, Jude, you have to stay here. And he's like, but I miss her. He's so, he's so, like, full of love and he loves everybody and he, he, like, looks at the good in people, right? So, he, like, he's a very nice contrast to the rest of the characters because he doesn't see the dark side of the world. He always kind of looks positive. And he messes everything up, which is, like, honestly would be super annoying if I was, like, in their group, but reading it is, like, super cute. Yeah, no, he he's a really good character, um, and he's definitely, yeah, like you said, he's definitely a contrast to all of the other characters, because he hasn't seen what they've seen, so. Yeah. Um. So, uh, because you're only, uh, like, you still have some of the book left, so what what do you think of the book so far? So far, I think it's super awesome. We, you have, like, we started out in the league and you kind of, like, learn a little bit more about them and you can see why Liam hates them so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, then you kind of have, 
um, the contrast between Ruby and Vidya, and Vidya hates Ruby, right? So you have the contrast there where Ruby is very much so like, yeah, like I'll follow orders. Like she's she's not she's not overly a questioning person at the beginning. Um and Vidya's like was like, oh, like I don't wanna sit back here. She's like, I wanna fight some people. Like she's very much so like a get done kind of person. And I really think that Ruby like Ruby kind of figured that the bomb was suspicious. And so that's kind of where she started going off track of like not listening. And it really solidified when the one um when the one kid was killed and then Jude and Nico came to her and told her that Rob was talking about killing all of them, all the kids in the league. So that's kind of like I kind of liked how like she was like, oh, yeah, like I'm following the rules. And then she was like pushed to kind of more so think think for herself again, like be be who she was on the outside like, how, how she was after she escaped and stuff. And I really, honestly, I really love the relationship with Chubbs and Vidya because she calls him Granny, and I absolutely love that um, because I'm, like, honestly, for Chubbs, Granny is a very, like, fitting name. <laughs> so I quite enjoy that as well. So I I've been really enjoying, like, how all of them have kind of been growing together and how it's not like how now it's not like um ruby jude and vidya the league kids and then chubbs and liam trying to like get away from them almost right like i quite enjoy like the relationship that they've kind of like grown together a little bit and that they do have each other's backs because as I said like I'm at the part where Clancy comes in and freaking Clancy can we take a minute to talk about him sure okay so I don't know I don't know if anybody listening to this has listened to the one on the first book the darkest minds but we'll just give a quick recap Clancy is like Ruby. He can take control of people's minds. He can push memories. He can take away memories. Like, whatever you can think of, he can put people in in a vegetative state. So, he's kind of like the bad of the bad, really. Um, he is the president's son. So, privilege. I know. Too bad he's still on the run. Anyways, so he kind of has his hands in everything. So when he, um, when he kind of interrupted their communication with Kate, um, which Kate is one of the only good people in the league, I believe. Um, I do believe that her heart is in the right place and she really truly does want to help the kids and make it better for them. So I hope I'm not wrong on that. I would be very sad if I was. Um, anyways, so... Clancy now he's kind of like on the run again because his little his little camp got dissolved at the end of the first book. So he he's kind of explaining to them that he has his hands in a little bit of everything. And for him, he 
he's totally and completely okay with taking control of somebody's mind and turning them into a vegetable like he's okay harming them and that's that's where him and ruby are different ruby definitely like feels everything that she puts them into she feels their their memories what they're feeling during that time like she really like she feels it and that's what makes her a little bit more human so now i'm not sure because at the part that i'm at they're talking they've all got gone into the dairy queen and ruby's like has fought off clancy so he doesn't have his mind in anybody's brain anymore um and so now they're kind of like discussing on like what clancy knows and he knows that nico's in danger and jude likes nico him and jude are butts so jude being the sweetheart that he is like doesn't want to lose another one of his friends. So now they're all kind of like listening to Clancy and I'm kind of like, can we trust him? Because we know that Clancy was not that great at, um, in the first book, right? And so I'm really skeptical on if we can trust Clancy and like trust that what he says is like the truth, even though it is like kind of what they're already um what they've already been talking about i guess yeah so i'm kind of really excited to see like where that leads and to see like if they do trust clancy or if they kill him once and for all because i think i think if they kill him and that they know that they don't have to worry about him like he's kind of like the boogeyman that they don't have to like worry about him like popping up in the shadows again um then, like, I think everybody will kind of, like, feel a little bit better. But at the same time, he has information and he's been able to get information that not everybody would necessarily be able to get, right? Yeah. I kind of hope Clancy has a change of heart and becomes and learns something from the group and becomes good, I guess. Um, and then I really hope that um ruby kind of starts questioning things more because when she made the deal to um to go with the league to protect liam i don't think she really was questioning what their ulterior motives were right she was just thinking like okay like i gotta do this i gotta follow the rules so then they don't go after liam yeah yeah. So, yeah, I definitely I definitely think that she's questioning it a little bit more and I hope that she continues to question everything around her and trust trust like Chubbs and Liam because she knows them the best and she knows she knows that they will always have her back, right? I think that's a very important thing uh for her to do. Like just don't go blindly into something, you know? Which is kind of what she does. She doesn't always think stuff through do you think you could pick a favorite character so far favorite character (laughs) well you already know who i don't like clancy (laughs) rob rob's dead so i mean hopefully he's dead who knows with this book like we thought (laughs) chops was dead but oh that's a hard one because i definitely like i love jude i think he's sweet 
and so innocent. But I love, like, I love Liam, and I love Chubbs. Yeah. And, you know, Vidya's growing on me like <laughs> a weed. She kind of, she's definitely, um, she has a special place in my heart where it's kind of like, you know, you could be bad, but you have your moments where you're so nice. And that's not supposed to be, like, sarcastic. Like, she actually does have her moments where she's, like, super nice. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I would have to say, like, the whole group. (laughs) I can't just pick one. Well, and I mean, they all have their moments, you know, where, like, they're the greatest characters ever. So, I mean, I understand, you know, not being able to pick. Yeah, like, they all have, like, everybody, they all have, like their redeemable qualities they all have their flaws they're all coming from different backgrounds like these are kids that came from different parts of the u.s right so like for ruby she came from like a happy home and then she got sick and then she wiped her parents memories of her and then she was put into the camp so like she she had a good life until she accidentally erased her her parents' memories of her. Yeah. And then that's, and that, that's the thing. It was completely out of her control. She didn't know what she was doing because she didn't know that that was her power. And then you have Chubbs, whose parents are, um, his dad's a what, a doctor? Like a surgeon? I think so, yeah. And so his parents are pretty, like, important people. And so they, they tried hiding him to keep him out. They protected him. Um, but then, I mean, ultimately, again, led to his capture and then him meeting Liam and escaping, right? And then you have Liam who, have we talked a lot about Liam's backstory? Uh, Because we know, we know that it was him and his brother. Yeah. And that they were working with the League and then Liam ended up in a camp with chubs right yeah and then that's where they escaped from and then they were kind of like together since then right yeah and then you have lydia uh sorry vidia and jude who were taken by the children's league so they've never seen the inside of a camp before they've always been with the league always working for them and training for them and stuff so you really like all your characters really have different backstories and some of them like started out happy and everything and then kind of got a little worse and then got better right yep yep so it's definitely like each one of them brings a different perspective along with them right yeah and they're all they're all so important to the story yeah um, well thank you Alandra, for being uh on here today and and being with us do you have any uh closing thoughts if people listening to this aren't big readers i i just want to say that reading is so important Because you could listen to podcasts like this one and you could kind of get the gist of a story or you could find it online where somebody gives you the synopsis and that's that. Like, you basically know what happens in the story. But it's so much different to read this story. So I would just, like, encourage anybody, if you're not, like, a huge reader or, like, if your reading level's really low, I would start with whatever you're comfortable with. 
Um, for me, I, I had a really hard time reading and stuff. And so the first book I actually ever read was Hunger Games in grade eight. And that's kind of what launched me into reading more. And so it's just like, just find something that you like, something, something that gets you interesting, interested in reading. And not every book is going to be your book. Um, I've learned that I don't like books that aren't written in first person. So all of the books on my bookshelf are in first person because that's, that's how I get into the story. That's how I love to read the books. So just take it at your own pace. And I would just encourage anybody and everybody to read. And it doesn't matter what you read. If you like reading magazines, whatever, like read what you want to read because it's such an important part of working your mind and getting kind of getting new thoughts and ideas and stuff. Like you really... Um, the books really get you into different worlds. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, and thank you for reading along with us. You can follow Open Books with Claire on Instagram using the link in the show notes or using our handle at Open Books with Claire. The episode, this episode was hosted by myself, Claire Oster, and Alandra. It was edited by Alex Williams. The music we use is by Paper Planes, and Open Books with Claire is produced by Mecco Radio, and we are a proud member of the Create Vine. Bye! Mecco!